When Christ took the keys back from Satan, he didn't need to keep them in his possession. He gave us a set of those keys. Every single one of us have a set of those keys. Christ didn't need those keys. He knew no sin, but became sin that we be free from sin. It was like, Quenisha, here you go, catch. There you go. <laughs> Call forth your name. Hey, here you go. These belongs to you. These belong to you. You see those chains? He can never be unchained. You have the keys. Even if you come under his influence, you still have the keys. Even when you make up your bed in hell, you still carry the keys. It's never going to change what I have done. Keep them. Let them see them. Because he had no idea that I was going to take the keys back and give them to you. He thought he had you. He thought that it was it for you. He thought that you were destroyed. He thought he came to accomplish the mission and he thought the mission was accomplished. But every time he think he's accomplished anything, accomplishing anything, Regarding any person, place, or a thing, he prevail not. He prevail not. It's so amazing how Christ came to represent us. He came in our true identity from the kingdom. You know, I'm going to show you how powerful this is. He came to represent us. And once he got up, which we got up, but once he went home to prepare a place, he commissioned us to represent him. At first, he represented us. And once we have the keys, he given us the responsibility as discipleship, as apostleship, as stewardship, Due to our citizenship, now we represent him. Isn't that powerful? Look how he came to represent us. Look how he came to take care of his father's business. Look how he was serious about it and didn't play around. A perfect image of God. And so are we. As a representative of Christ, now it's our turn, it's our time to represent him. When it comes to our lives regarding what Satan tried to accomplish, he didn't. He didn't. If you have any idea the things that he had set up for you and I, that God didn't even show you and I, 
and spared you and I, it will blow your mind. I just woke up from a dream and God was showing me just a piece of the things that Satan had planned for me. And he wasn't just coming for me. He was coming for me and my entire family. He was coming to destroy. And he already had things set up how it to happen. And he prevailed not. Walking around bound by chains that he tried to place upon us. But we have the power to break every chain. He cannot. Mm. There are two different types of cares. There are two different types of fears. God said, cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. That's not care regarding emotion that brings great change. That care is of worry and that care is of fear. That care is from doubt. That care is from pain. Cast that pain. Cast that worry. Cast that guilt. Cast that shame upon me for I care for you. Cast being up at night. Cast stop turning over back and forth. When your sleep should be sweet, cast that over. Cast over that mortgage. Cast over that doctor's report. Cast over those children. Cast over that marriage. Cast over that job. Cast over those thoughts. Cast over the testimony that I brought you out of that you still have not released the person to forgive them. Cast that over. Cast over anything that can rob you. You're caring about it. You're afraid of it. I care for you. You can't care about that. If you care about that, then it's not going to have you positioned to know that I care for you to get that away from you. To take you away from that. Stop playing rush and roulette with your life. Stop playing rush and roulette with your walk. Stop playing rush and roulette with your family. Stop playing rush and roulette with your community. Stop playing rush and roulette as a citizen of the kingdom. God say many of us know how to talk so well and we can talk the talk. But many of us not even walking the walk. When it comes to every good word, when it comes to every fruit, when it comes to the fruits of the spirit, when it comes to the word of God, if it's not 100%, we don't have none of it. That's knowing who God is. Without 100% is nothing. When it comes to loving your neighbor, me loving our neighbor, if it's not 100%, it's nothing. When it comes to our giving, if our heart not in it 100%, it is nothing. Doing everything in vain and not even be aware. But look how faithful he is. Still bless us. And many of us thinking that we're blessed because of what we do. And he keeps saying to us, it's not performance based. It's grace based. But when he give us a word, we let it, you know, soak in and we receive the word. But till we encounter a higher measure of the word, we give a different response due to the same reality that we once walked away from. 
We know that he's our provider. But let our accounts go to zero. Would he still be our provider then? Would our praise still be the same? Would it even come up higher then? Or would we walk around with a raised eyebrow like what in the world is going on here? Cast every care. Hold things loosely. God showed me how he spared me. Before I bought a Lincoln Continental, I had a friend of the family. She was selling her Mustang convertible for $5,000. And I think it was a five or four, I don't know. And I was like, okay, I got that. Mm, mm, mm. I was going to get it painted and everything. Something about this pink convertible, you know, that Barbie, I don't know. <laughs> Growing up off of Barbie, <laughs> you understand? And my favorite color is pink. I was going to get it painted pink. I was even going to get it painted checkered. <laughs> I had it all set to buy that Mustang. And my spirit just kept saying, don't buy that Mustang. I know you want it. I know you want it. I know you got the money to get it. Don't buy that Mustang, Kanisha. That's Holy Spirit. Don't buy that Mustang. You know why Holy Spirit said that? Because with the Lincoln Continental, I was racing up and down the whole Willow Road, racing up and down the whole Southern Avenue. And if I would have had a faster vehicle, I could have lost control of that vehicle. And I may not have been here today because God showed me months after I was racing, I was, you know, on my way to work and it was a big old loud boom on Southern Avenue, right across the street from UMC Hospital. And I got there, it was, the car was already to ash. One big ash. And I was like, what happened? People crying outside. Two girls were racing in a car up the same street that I was. They hit a power pole and the electricity hit the, you know, the car so hard that it burst into flames immediately. It didn't even touch the gas tank yet. The electricity sparked on that car and them girls by them hitting that, that power pole, it had them jammed in. They couldn't even get out. Both doors caved in on them where they couldn't even move to take the seatbelt off. Both airbags burst. They couldn't even move from that. Like the car locked them inside. People outside witnessing to them and telling them, you know, get out, get out, get out. We trying to help you get out, but they didn't want to come too close because the car is on fire. Next thing you know, boom. It wasn't even five minutes they were in that car when it caught fire. And people around, even the paramedics was trying to coach them out and it blew up in their faces. One was a mother and they were both under 25. And God said, Quenisha, that could have been you. You racing up and down the streets at night. During the day. It got so bad that you even try to race a bus driver. You're drinking and driving. Mm. 
One time I was drinking a beer while I was driving and the beer fell on front, you know, on the floor in front of me, spilling everywhere. And I'm bending down while I'm still driving, looking up to pick this beer up that's falling everywhere. Had no idea Christ had his hands on the wheel. Because when I think about that story today, there's no way it supposed to end up that way. Because I spent more time on the floor trying to get it up so it wouldn't smell just in case they try to pull me over. Things that could have happened but didn't, I'm trying to tell you. Satan tried so hard to take me out. Putting in people's heads. Yeah, kill her. Yeah, put that glass in her drink. And as I'm drinking this glass of juice, I get to the bottom. Holy Spirit say, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, look in the cup. Whoa. It looked like shattered pieces of crystal. And I start looking around like, what broke in here? What dish, you know, broke? No dish was broken. No dish was broken. No dish was in the trash. And you know what type of dishes that you have? None. 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 And God said, don't even mention it. You're going to shut the devil up by continuing to love, walk in forgiveness, release the person, and act as if it never happened. Say it want you to get pissed. Say it want you to, you know, go off, not forgive, maybe even fight. Don't cave into him. Do the opposite. There was a man that came to me and he said to me, I was paid to rape you. Excuse me? What? I was paid to rape you. I was coming to do it. Here's the money. But when I looked at you, I can't rape you. Felt so bad in my presence. I'm like, huh? I'm still trying to, you know, comprehend all that, take all that in. What you just say to me? I was paid to rape you. Here goes the money. You can take the money. I can't do this. And told me who put him up to it. I went to the person. I found out what you were trying to have done to me. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie. I would never do that. But you did. But you did. And Satan prevailed not. But you did. You're right, I did. I'm sorry. I was like, but you are sorry. You're a sorry individual. I'm not going to lie about it. I was like, you're a sorry individual. Yeah, be sorry. And God was like, uh, uh, uh. You got to shut that devil up. Give him what he don't want. I hugged the person. We both cried. I said, it's okay. Don't ever do that to me or anybody ever again. 
Don't even cheat yourself like that again. Okay. And that person never, ever done it again. God knows what he's doing. So many other testimonies I have, I'm trying to tell you. But I got to give this one about that car accident. The man was going, I was told, like 80 in a 45 mile zone on Branch Avenue on the opposite side of traffic. And he dozed off because he was that intoxicated. Lost control, ended up on the opposite side, went through the grass and everything, and hit our car very badly. It was too quick to even see it coming. This was before I was racing recklessly. I felt myself dying. The impact was too hard towards my chest. Like an airbag can save your life, but an airbag can also kill you. A seatbelt can save your life and a seatbelt can also kill you. Because if it jam you in there, if it lock you in there, you cannot get out. But it keeps you from going forward when there's an accident or being jerked in a vehicle. And my side was so bashed up. I have no idea how when he hit the front, the right side. I'm on the left in the passenger seat. My side was so bashed up. That was Satan's blind. He didn't want me and my son to make it that night. It was so bashed up there to cut us, cut me out. But I say us because I was carrying him the same night of my baby shower. I had those pictures and I trashed them because I couldn't look at that. Looking at me having a good time, getting all my gifts for my son's arrival, not even aware I'm about to leave and be in this terrible freaking accident. And I didn't want to see those pictures anymore. I felt that it was things on the inside of me broken because it was too loose. I didn't have no, you know, no posture perfectly. And I felt myself leaving my body. And here come Holy Spirit, say in the name of Jesus. I said the best way I could. I was like, and then I was dazed. I was going in and out. I was like, in the name of Jesus. Do you know it was nighttime, about nine something at night. God had me to look up at the sky. I'm still dazed in and out after I said in the name of Jesus. I see this white opening over this dark sky and this angel flew so fast and stood on the ground and when he landed on the ground the whole earth shook but no one around felt that they didn't even see him this angel was so big excuse me like when you say mighty instead this angel was so mighty so mighty the posture, the muscles, it's so mighty. It, it came so fast. 
It was like on the scene. God sent him. And once that angel got there, the whole atmosphere regarding what was supposed to happen shifted. It was me, my mother, my brother, his girlfriend, and my cousin, who haven't seen it in almost 10 years, who decided to come and make sure she made it to my baby shower. If I don't do anything, I'm going to that baby shower. She sat behind me in the seat, she was 12 years old at the time. I began to, you know, I snapped in two as soon as that angel landed. I started talking, telling the paramedics, yeah, go over there. I went from days to like, yeah, go over there. My mom's right here. She's on the ground. She collapsed. Yeah, my brother's behind me. They're like, what in the world happened to her? She's talking. She's telling us where to go. Yeah, my, my niece is behind me. I mean, my cousin's behind me. My brother's girlfriend in the middle of the car. I was saying, yeah, I was saying all kinds of things. I was describing what was happening, who was what, where. He was like, okay, okay. Like, this is just, Okay. And I just kept talking. And I was very calm. When you in a situation where a lot of trauma is involved, you must calm down. Like that movie Soul Surfer, that's a true story. A shock, a great white bit her arm off and she's on her way to the hospital. She had to remain calm. If you don't calm down, you can make matters worse. You don't want to go to cardiac arrest. You don't want your blood pressure to go up because it makes matters worse. You have to remain calm in a situation. And I was very calm. So they cut me out, put me on a stretcher, got everybody out. Everybody had their own ambulance. My cousin was worse off. They had to put her in the helicopter. She didn't make it out that helicopter, but she was alive when they pulled her out. But her grandmother didn't want to pursue the case. She had two big gash holes in the middle of her forehead. And they were trying to figure out where did that come from? There's nothing in the vehicle that had two sharp objects. And I was able to talk about everything. No, there's nothing in the car that could have caused that. And you know what I'm talking about. You ever been on a job and someone did something that was bad? And they try to cover it up. And by you being a team member of them, you know, of theirs, you went along with it because, you know, y'all a team and you didn't want them to get in trouble instead of holding themselves accountable. That's what happened with this situation. No one wanted to tell on what actually happened because that was someone's life. And... It was a mistake, but it still happened. They rushed her out into that helicopter and hit her head on her way up into the helicopter. And she died. They told the family, do not tell them that she died. Let them heal and get themselves together, then tell them. My cousin couldn't wait to tell. She was so pressed to come in there and tell us. She didn't even say, hey, how you doing? Hey, what you call him, die? I'm like, oh, God. 
God kept saying, calm down. I know, I know, I know. Because I blamed myself for all of it. Because it was my baby shower that we were coming from. And she did all she could to make sure she was going to make it there. And she bought me this piggy bank for my son. I never opened it. She signed it. I never opened it. I never used it. I just had it up, you know, like a centerpiece, sort of like a trophy or something. My brother had minor injuries. He could only see out of one eye. His girlfriend had a broken arm. And the first thing he did was run to us, me and my mom. We were all in different hospitals. That's how serious it was. But they put me in the ambulance with the gentleman who was responsible because God is intentional. He knew what he was doing. The paramedics, the police officers, they want him to feel so low. Look what you done. Look what you caused. You caused them almost their lives. Look at this woman who ain't here with you. She's pregnant. He says, she's what? She's pregnant. He bust out crying. Just let me die. Let me die. Get me out of this ambulance. Let me just die outside. We both were in the same pain. We both was like, you know, ouch, ouch, because that was a very bumpy ride. And I knew it was something broke on the inside of me. Because every time, it, you know, we move, it hurts. And me and him both was just like, ouch, 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 the whole ride. And I said to him, I said, no, calm down. See, God knew. He knows my heart. I don't have a heart to have grudge. I don't have a heart to, you know, not forgive. No matter whatever happened to me, I've forgiven them. And God knew to put him in that ambulance. You wouldn't put no one in the ambulance that caused the wreck. God knew what he was doing. Everybody else had their own ambulance, but they put me and him together. They thought that by him being in there with me, it's going to make him feel worse. But it actually made him feel better because of words I said. I said, calm down. You're going to be fine. No, you're not going to die. I'm okay. It was just an accident. You know how good it feels when someone wants to even curse themselves or cast themselves out or want to die? Just visionize before Judas threw himself over. Someone caught him and said, wait, wait, Judas, no. Don't, don't. Don't do that. You understand that level of mercy. You don't hate me. No, I don't hate you. It had to happen. When we cause things to happen, we could be filled with so much shame, so much agony and pain that we don't even want to be here anymore. All we think about is that encounter. Like those who commit suicide, all they think about is that right there moment. And God, I mean to speak to people who were suicidal. You're just thinking about that moment. You don't see no way of escape. You don't even look five minutes from now. You're looking right there at that moment. And you want to satisfy that moment by putting an end to it. You don't see it getting better. You don't see you coming out of it. You just see that you want to escape from it. And you, your way of escape is that you come away from reality, period. But you have to look at the future. 
You have to look that you made it this far. It's not the first time you've done anything like that. Or done anything that could be troublesome. And then you make it past that. So how much more can you make it past now? See the other side of that thing. See you smiling again. See you saying, I'm glad that's over. You're right, Quenisha. I'm not going to kill myself. There are over 50 people between this year and last year. Over 75, actually. That messaged me. I'm about to do it. That's why I keep my phone, my notifications, everything on, opened. My email is just so much spam and junk mail they got out here. It goes off every second and I log out. But I said, I got to log back in. Because it could be just that one person that I just, just logged off and they just reached out and I didn't reach back. That's why I stay logged in. Because somebody might need you right now, right there. And we're not available. Someone was suicidal and I logged off. And God kept them that whole night with the thought to do it, but didn't because God spared me. Had they done it and I wasn't available to talk to them and minister to them, I would have felt some kind of way. I had over 75 messages. I'm about to do it. Each encounter was like that. I'm about to do it right now, right in the midst. I ran the bath water. I slipped my wrist. Something like I got the sheet. It's hanging. I'm about to come on somebody. I got the gun in my hand. I'm about to pull the trigger. I'm like, wait, wait, no. You know it's going to get better than this. You're just looking at the moment right now for where you are right now. But see yourself out of it. See yourself being glad again. Being glad that you didn't do it. Because once you do it, that's it. It cannot be on time. You in the kingdom. And you didn't fulfill. That's a selfish move. And when I see them today, the ones that I do see, the ones, many I don't even, you know, know, or, but the ones I do know, I'm trying to tell you, gone out of the country, going to more places than I have ever been. <laughs> and when I said, I mean, they gone to places that I've never been yet. I'm like, okay, you in Aruba. Okay. Enjoy. They, oh God. People smiling and receiving certifications for things. And all they can think about every day is I'm glad that I didn't do it. I'm not the one that want my name to be acknowledged. I'm more glad that you're still here. And that God is the one who used me to keep you here. Because he led you to me. Now God is having marriages. It's amazing how he will have you delivered from something and use you to deliver other people out of something. But you got to be very careful with that because divorce is not granted to every couple who wants one. It's not. Hallelujah. I cannot give what I do not have. And God would not give me an answer to people like that because it's not what he want to do. 
So let me rewind it back to this car accident. In labor for five days. Five days. And I'm seeing complaining about people talking about they was in labor for 18 hours. I'm like, this baby coming out fast. I'm not playing. This baby coming out fast. Mm, mm, mm. Nope. A whole week in labor. A whole week in labor. Five broken ribs. Mm, mm, mm. A bruised spleen. All kinds of injuries. The seatbelt burnt my skin. And it is gone. Can't even tell how that happened. The airbag burnt, you know, the side of my face. Can't even tell. That was gone. My mom had a 10% chance of survival. That 10% went to two. They had her in hospice. Told the family to come and pray for her. Or told them to say goodbye, actually. She was losing so much blood, she was black. God kept me from seeing her like that. I don't think I would have been the same if I did. And I was blaming myself for everything that everybody went through. I saw my little brother was only able to look out of one eye. The other one was so swollen shut. And God said, don't cry. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. You got to be strong for the baby on the inside of you. I had to get an emergency cesarean section. It happened to be 8, 10 in the morning, Valentine's Day. And God thought it would be a great idea to wake up and give birth to a baby boy on Valentine's Day. <laughs> they rushed the procedure so much that, and I was in GW, God made sure I had the best. GW is the best hospital in D.C. And the food is good. <laughs> they made sure I ate and everything. They took care of me. That whole week I was in there. And they cut. And they took my son out. I held my son. But I wasn't able to see him too much after that. Because it was too early for him to be here. But God knew exactly what he was doing with that. His heart rate dropped over five times. They didn't have no equipment the size of him. But God knows what to do. They placed him in Children's Hospital. I think it's Michigan Avenue. And my cousin at the time was working there. So she would keep a real good eye. She would stay in the NICU for him and pray over him. She was so happy to see baby David. And I crocheted, you know, some stuff for him to wear while he was there. And one time he had to get surgery. He had an infection from his chest to his, it spread to his leg. They had to go in his leg. And I said, what happened? They just said he had an infection. We don't know. The devil make a fool out of anybody. A nurse came to me and said, ma'am, come here. Yeah, I'm not supposed to tell you this, so please don't cost me my job. I said, okay, what? That nurse over there, 
She's the cause of your sound. Ho, ho, whoa, 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 whoa. What'd you say? I said, don't cost me my job. Okay, keep talking. She didn't change her gloves. So the dirt that was on her gloves got into your son's incubator. And that's where the infection came from. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where is she right now? I'm trying to tell you. Here come God. No, no, Quenisha. What can you do with your broken wrist? You're in the wheelchair. But still, I, I had all the strength to get up out that chair. I don't care if I just had no baby. I don't care if I just had no surgery. Had staples and everything. Did not care. Where is she? That's a mother's first response. Where is she? Oh, she about to get it. Now she going to be in an incubator. She about to say goodnight. Because I'm about to rock a bye, baby. I'm trying to tell you. I was, oh, after all I've been through, I'm praying for my son and all these things. And you try to cause this girl. And I never got like that before. I'm not like that. People that see me get like that, get nervous, be scared. They don't know what to do. <laughs> they just look. Because we never seen you upset. We never seen you act like this. They don't know how to handle it. Because I don't act like that. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, God said, calm down. I politely went to her. And I let her know. I don't remember what I said, but it was very politely. I'm going to spare you this time because I can shut you down and this entire hospital down. But I'm not going to do that for the sake of these children and those who take great care of these children because that's one hell of a lawsuit. I have proof due to a witness that you're the cause of my child having to get this surgery that led him to get five blood transfusions, had to be rushed in a helicopter to another facility to come back here. I can shut this place down forever. You talk about millions, I can get billions off of what you just done. But I don't care about no money. Hallelujah. Don't you ever, ever do it again. She was so afraid. Family members found out, of course. And I had to tell them, no, no, no. And sometimes you have to push some people back because they running, they walking towards, oh, no, no, we're not doing that in here. There's babies in here. Let us pray. Let us pray. She felt relieved. She felt like, good, I'm not getting in trouble. I'm sorry. And guess what? She took great care of that baby like never before. Like never before. She gave her all for that baby, my son. And the guy who hit us, he wanted to die. He was very suicidal. They locked him up. I wrote him a letter. I said, I'm the woman that you hit. The one that was in the ambulance with you that was pregnant. I had my son. 
He's fine. I'm fine. Everybody's fine. I'm not angry at you. You just made a mistake, that's all. My son is fine. I took a picture of my son and I sent it to him. I said, you don't have to respond back. I just want you to know that we're fine. And we forgive you, not angry. When you come out, I don't want you to be angry at yourself. It's just a mistake that you learned from. That's all. And if I had enough strength to make it to the court when the, you know, the verdict was, I would have been on his side. And my family was so angry at me at the time. Why are you on his side? Why are you praying for him? Why are you thinking about him? He could have killed us. But he didn't. But he didn't. But he didn't. Because God wasn't going to allow it. Satan prevailed not. He saved him and us. God spared him and us. It taught them how to forgive. They looked at me like, if you can forgive. See, you have to be an example. I have to be an example. If you can forgive Quenisha, they call me Nini. If you can forgive Nini, then we can forgive too. Because you had the most things going on. You were carrying David. And if you can forgive, we can forgive too. There was some terrible pain without pain to your child ready to come and they trying to have you to push and you got five broken ribs. I couldn't push. I'm like, I'm trying my ribs. I didn't know how important it is to actually have ribs. You wouldn't know how important each organ is until something happened to it. I'm trying to tell you. Let your kidneys fall. You're going to be like, oh yeah, oh we need them because it cleans out the blood. So many things come out in our urine and our bodily fluids. I'm telling you. And God gives us words of wisdom and ways to take care of our bodies. Vitamins, minerals, and supplements. Wisdom how to take care of our bodies. And I'm telling you. That was very uncomfortable. For your child to be halfway and you can't push all the way and they got to push some, they, can, they don't know what to do. We got to hurry up and take this baby out. I was like, oh God. I prayed over that man's case. Everybody said, I want him to have life in jail. I said, no. God, I'm going to pray that he get a shorter sentence. He's so remorseful. Very good man. Very sweet man. He just made a mistake. How many of us have made one? Many. He got seven years. Hickory manslaughter. I was like, thank you, Father. They sent him back to his country. And I'm believing God for him to be able to come back here. I don't want you to leave. You're not going to leave. You're going to be able to come back. I'm going to pursue to try to find that man to help him come back here. It's in me to do that. Don't you dare allow Satan to cause you to not want to be here.
Hallelujah. God was showing me how he spares us. If I didn't see or believe in God, I did that night. Because I saw, you know, a portal opening up in the sky. And I seen that angel fly down like, phew. It was so far up, it looked like Tinkerbell. But when he got closer, he was very big. Maybe like, probably 15 feet. And his muscle was so strong. It, it caused the whole earth to shake. I, I saw it shake. No one else knew what happened. And I never told anybody because I, I knew the outcome for that. Girl, okay, okay. And some will, but you know, probably did believe, but I just thought to keep that to myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. So what are the things that God spared you from? That Satan watch. His plan prevailed not. Christ know exactly when to come and meet us. I had some testimonies of, you know, marriages, and I was like, "Go, you know, that's, I pray with you, but for the time being, don't argue, don't make matters worse." Because it was a woman who know how to provoke her husband, and she wanted to provoke him. One to piss him off. And guess what? He said, I'm going to kill myself with our shotgun that we have in our house. Good. Go ahead. Die. She didn't believe him. In fact, she walked behind him, nagging, just to get that type of thrill to see if that can even happen. He grabbed the shotgun, shot himself in the face. The bullet didn't even go to his brain. It went in one jaw, came out the other jaw. And she screamed. He said it was an accident. But if you don't have another person that did it, if you're the one, if it's a self-inflicted wound, and if you say it was an accident, nothing the police can do about it. But they know it was a suicide attempt. Because the way how the wound was positioned, that's, that shows how the gun was positioned. That's why I wanted to take criminal justice. I'm, I'm good at stuff like that. But I'll do it spiritually. <laughs> you understand? And to this day, he's walking around thanking God that God spared him. Thanking God that God spared him. And why did his wife get like that? Because he gave her everything she always wanted. And it changed her. She became spoiled. Spoiled is not a good word. It's spoiled. What happens when things spoil? It's rotten. Rotten is not good. We think it's cute. We say our kids or our spouses are rotten. Yeah, I get them whatever they want. Yeah, go ahead. Keep on. Keep on. They're going to be bitter. They're not going to appreciate nothing. They're going to be hard to please. Everything you do is never going to be good enough. They're never going to be satisfied. They're not going to know how to appreciate nothing because they don't have the character. They don't have the patience. I took my son out of this country, what, three times. Went on a cruise. I did a lot of things with my son. 
so many things. Every party, I went all out, spent thousands. And I'm like, why would I spend this much on a kid party? Every birthday, just went all out for him. Do things, do all these things with him. Always had so much fun. But I always taught him how to wait. Wait, be patient. You're not going to tell me what you want. I'm going to tell you what you're going to get. And that's not how I was raised. But my mother raised us very well. But God graced each woman, each mother to be what each child needs. And he needed me to be that type of mother. And I was. You're not going to be running around up in here. It's not a playground. I will take you to one. But until then, sit down. Yes, ma'am. He was like, wow, girl, you got him trained. It's not that he's trained. He's not a dog. I'm just not playing. I don't even have to spank him. It's nothing about, it's just eye contact. And have some seriousness in your, you know, demeanor, your, your talk, your tone. Look at me. And he had to say myself, he, he look at me. He already knows. Sit down. And wait till I finish doing what I'm doing. Then we can go and play. Be the best fun mom in the world to you. But I had to teach him the difference between the times. If I'm in the office, it's not time for you to run around. He can sit on a white couch and he can paint and not make a mess. You're not going to get paint over here. You're not going to paint the walls. You're going to paint this paper and I'm going to hang it up. Yes, ma'am. We're going to eat this for night. I mean, this for dinner, this for breakfast, this for lunch. You're not going to tell me what you want. I'm going to tell you what you're going to get. Yes, ma'am. This the best. Whatever I cook, he would say every time. This the best I am. Thank you, mom. You're welcome. I don't care if it was five of them. They all be the same way. I'm not having it. I wish my son who have no job, who know no job, tell me what he want for dinner. No, this is what you're going to get. Yes, ma'am. I'm trying to tell you. Kids need that. They need that structure. Because many kids go wow and they don't even know how to, you know, think straight because their mind is going so fast. Some kids act out because they don't know what to do with themselves. Imagine having 16 infants or 16 toddlers in one room and they sitting down, each rotating, each learning station in the classroom. And I have people outside the building looking in my class. I'm like, why are these visitors, you know? I mean, I'm glad they're watching, but why? They said they had to see this for themselves. We referred children in your class because there's no way these one-year-old children are sitting down at a table Engaging together and rotate and learning stations as if they in elementary, junior high school. These are toddlers. What in the world? What do you do? Some even ask me, do you spank them? No, come here, tell me. I mean, what's your secret? Do you spank them? No, I would never spank somebody else's child. Even if they told me to, I would never have to. No. We just have an understanding. 
what I say go. Not what they say. <laughs> that easy. That easy. They couldn't even believe their children. Someone was the parents. Like, this my child? Sitting down? What? Using utensils? Potty trained? Come on. You are a gym woman. <laughs> yeah. Some say they don't do this at home. Well, they're going to do it here. <laughs> they're going to do it here. They are going to do it here. And it made my job a lot easier because I taught them. And God graced me. He gets all the glory to do that. And they would come back and visit me within the years. Look at my report card. Oh, A's. Look at this. Look at that. Look at my first art project, Miss Miss Quinesha. Miss Quinesha, Miss Quinesha, Miss Quinesha. And I kept every parent email and contact information on my email. Because we will have a reunion. I want to see them all again. And I know I'm going to cry like I always do. Because <laughs> I'm just so passionate about it. I taught them kids. That, you know, I captured every, I made portfolios for everyone. They first words, they footprints, how it grew from three to six to, you know, nine to 12 months. Handprints from three to six to nine to 12 months. First words, capturing the first tooth, all these things. Going from, you know, you know, um, milk to solid food and all these things. So many things. So many things. Teaching them how to share, not fight, not bite. <laughs> A lot of incidents with that. And these were children all around the world. God was showing me how to be a mother by helping all these kids at one time. Hallelujah. So just take the next, the next, excuse me, couple of minutes and just think about the things that God has spared you from. What have he done for you? I would never forget. I was about to drink glass. Someone tried to put a spell on me. Mm, mm, mm. Went to a hand place. What you call it? A turret, turret place, whatever. Fortune teller. And asked, what can I do to put a, a spell or a root on someone? And if you're not covered, those things can actually work. And it didn't work because I'm covered. You're covered. And it put the person to shame. They told on themselves. This is what I was doing too. Sorry. Just that you always seem to be better at everything. But I've never given you a reason to feel that way because I always put you above me. I call you my role model. I love everything about you. I look up to you. Everybody else didn't care about being in your presence. I always stayed with you by your side. 
And you know, I know, I know. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened to me. The devil got in you. That's what happened. Anytime we doing evil things, even gossiping bad, that's a demon. That's not an angel. How can we speak from, you know, Satan's point of view when they become on the inside of us and speak through us like God come on the inside of us and speak through us? Satan can do the same. You know how many witches I done came across ministry and had to cast the demons out and one of them didn't want to be cast out. She just kept staying away from me. She did not want to come near me. She kept cursing herself, all these chains on her. Tattoos all over. I mean, these like not normal tattoos. These were like pin marks that, and I mean like um, needle and thread pins. She was just stabbing herself with, you know, making holes in her face and stuff. And God said, walk up behind her. All right, so I get close, she can feel a different presence. And guess what? Because there's Satan on the inside saying, move. For you be saved. Move. Love is present. You want to continue to hate. I feel all that happening. I keep trying to go where she's going. She will run fast away from me. She didn't want to come near. That was Satan's fear. He felt Christ. Anytime we say people possessed with demons, it's because we are. And trust me, everybody don't foam at the mouth and head spin like Emily Rose. Some of us actually preaching with demons inside. I'm trying to tell you. If it's not a positive word, it's not God, then who are we influenced by? You understand? Walking with a good heart, but it's still dark because Satan's involved. We can still, you know, do good things, but still operate evil. Because Satan's inside. Holy Spirit not going to let you go. But Satan's inside. Hallelujah. We can tell lies on people. We can manipulate things. We can do all those things above. But it's not from God. It's from Satan. And Satan comes to destroy and make a fool out of any of us. Make a fool out of any of us if we allow him to. I know you have some powerful testimonies. So do I. Everything of my past, and I'm not just talking about just now of the past. I made my entire life, God told me to get rid of everything of the past. Everything gone. Everything gone. Vehicles gone. Jobs gone. That source of income, gone. Bank account, even gone. Gone. Have another account. Hallelujah. Everything gone. Fresh start is a fresh start. We can't be trying to play Russian roulette without pass. If you let it go, let it go. Hallelujah. So let's just spend this day thanking God for Satan prevailing not. He spares us all the time. 
And many of the times we are not even aware. Hallelujah. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. I love you.